Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Men On. We have the bases loaded today with Craig Hunter from the Bullaway Bulldogs. Uh, we have a um, packed show for you today. Uh, going to be talking to Craig in depth uh, later on in the show about his team, about his experience in the BDL. Uh, first on tap, we do have our mid-season BDL review, and uh, I can assure you, uh, Johnny can attest to this, some revised postseason predictions, Johnny. Oh, Scotty, I'll tell you what. Uh, you, I was convinced <laughs> pre, uh, pre-podcast the second time around that um, I had it right in the West Division. And five minutes before talking to you, um, I went ahead and changed my pick. And I must admit, uh, the damage are for real. They are definitely for real. Um, you know, looking over the standings right now, I think I have, uh, yeah, I, I have one. I have one division pick right as of as of this moment, and, and that is the uh, North Division. Yourself, of course, the Killer Car Company, uh, sitting at the top of the league with uh, 84 wins. Um, everything else is shot. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> but this is uh, this season has turned turned things around, and I I really didn't see. Uh, the Falcons uh, remaining as strong, but here they are once again. Still, uh, you know, it, even at the first of July, they're they're already nine games ahead of the Rebels. I, I don't I don't know if we're going to see the Rebels catch up in that division uh, as well as Earn has been playing so far. But uh, as I mentioned before, we do have Craig Hunter on the show today. Craig, how are you doing? Good, guys. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. Great. I, great. You know, I'm listening, and I enjoy hearing you say that you've only got one division right because uh, I know one division that you definitely got wrong, so I look forward to talking about it later. That is for sure. Uh, the Generals are not having a um, uh, they are not having a masterful season in 2008. That is, uh, that is one thing for, for definitely sure. And uh, we're going to hop right into that with our uh, midseason review and start at the top of the North Division. Um, Johnny, you're sitting very comfortably on top, uh, 16.5 games up. On the New Market Nat, as I mentioned before, 84 wins, uh, 31 losses. Um, right now, you are on pace, uh, as are the Bulldogs. I should mention before we talk about the East, to break the all-time wins record in this league, um, as well as the uh, uh, winning percentage. And you know, it, it's th- things are looking rosy in Anaheim. Well, yeah, I mean, this is. Kind of the way I scripted it, but um, I got to tell you, after uh, taking taking our first loss, uh, I guess last week to the Nats, um, I think I think we're coming back down to earth a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, I spent all off season um, going through my roster, going through the rest of the league's rosters, and um, I felt that we had enough depth, both pitching wise and. Uh, uh, Support in our in our uh, batting that you know we could uh, basically last through some of these slumps and um, our pitching has definitely kept us in this and um, I definitely look forward to the rest of the year. I want to see them back on pace like uh, the way they were at the beginning of the season. Well, you've definitely built a uh, built a considerable cushion. Um, you know, two or three, uh, maybe four teams really are in that pantheon this year. Uh, along with with yourself and and Craig's team, and um, you know it's 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 going to be it's going to be tight among the you know maybe two three four uh, league wide um, um, maybe three four five I should say I, I, I'm not so much sure about one two as you know, we've really had two teams kind of run away with things so far 
But um, what can you say about the Wallabies so far, Craig? I mean, they're, they're sitting at uh, 50 and 64. They're, they're definitely playing better than the very disappointing 2007 campaign. Um, yeah, they definitely are. I think I think right now they're playing the role of spoiler um, on a week-to-week basis and kind of really trying to keep it going. Um, as Brent said a number of times on the board, you know, if he could just play Monday through Wednesday twice every week, he'd probably be a lot better off than if he really had to suffer through <laughs> Thursday through Sunday. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's got he's got a lot of players that I think I don't know about anybody else. I would never have banked on Elijah Dukes really paying off for any team this year, let alone both right. the Nats and the uh, Wallabies. Uh, you know, and he looks over at his pitching staff, and you know, the resurgence of of kind of the the White Sox and the Central has really helped him out on the closing and some of that that uh, that that side of things. Um, Cleveland trying to come back has really brought some of his players back to the stage. So. I don't think they're really going to make a, uh, a run for the money, so to speak, but I do think they could really provide a stumbling block for some of us as we uh, as we do move towards those uh, playoff cuts. If I remember correctly, I, I believe I saw they had an interesting call-up um, just the other day. Maybe uh, one of you two fellows can help me with I, – I can't recall the, the, the guy's name off the top of my head. Uh, I believe uh, a Texas prospect, I want to say. Davis. Um, Davis, yep. yes. Uh, big slugger in in, uh, in the Rangers system. Um, was recently called up by the Rangers in – and uh, you know they're they're talking about the possibility of him having a you know a Ryan Braun type impact this summer. Uh, he was absolutely mashing uh, in, in the minor leagues prior prior to the call up. So uh, again, as Craig said, in playing the role of spoiler, we we really may see the Wallabies uh, make make some noise there. Are the are the Nats for real, Johnny? Do you, do you see them making a run at the division? Well, uh, I guess two three weeks ago I may not have said yes, but. Uh, and they made a few moves recently um, to really uh, bolster uh, their staff. I'm trying to remember. Um, mm-hmm. I saw it. I saw it against me for sure. Uh, he came at me with, you know, steals and and home runs. I mean, Jermaine Dye for like a week straight at a home run against me. Uh, and I mean, he too has the depth. And when you know when they get going. Um, I think they're. I think they're in it to, to hang around for a while. Yeah, uh, you know the Nats are a very, very dynamic team. You know they they can hit you with so many different weapons. And um, just for the record, they're sitting right now at the 583 winning percentage. That's best for the top wild card at the moment. Um, the Rebels are sitting in um, the second wild card spot with a 558 winning percentage. And we'll transition on down to the South Division as I say that. Um, you know, as strong as the Rebels have played, and, 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 you know, Richmond is a very good team. You know, uh, they perform well, but I don't know if it's just the curse of Helsinki or what's going on, Craig, but you just cannot top those Falcons in the South Division. At least, you know, it's, it's almost becoming ridiculous. Even with Ortiz out for this long, they have just, you know, they have, you know, I, I, don't, yeah, I don't know what to say. There's something in the water in Helsinki. I do not. I don't understand that at all. In all truth, uh, way to go, Earn. Congrats on making a third run. Um, it, it's amazing what what they've been able to do, especially given that when you look at at uh, Mark's lineup, you're, you're looking at you know people like Vlad, like Markakis, like Huff, like people you really expect to be cranking them on a regular basis and a, a very solid. Obviously, going into the season, I think you two are right in putting them among the tops of the the pitching staffs out there in the in the BDL. Um, and then they just—they, I guess, they haven't been firing on the cylinders they need to when they come up to the big games. And Helsinki has, and that's sometimes that's all it takes. It's really an interesting hodgepodge of players that that Earn has there that, that, that consistently get the job done. You know, I don't, 
I, I did hear, um, uh, speak, speaking of which, I did hear a, a rumor um, coming out of Richmond in, in the last several days about the possibility of them trading one of their top uh, pitchers. I don't know what for. Um, I don't know how far that's going to go. Maybe by the time this podcast airs, it will have already have happened. Uh, wow. But um, I, I don't know. I, that's probably not something you would do, Johnny, I imagine, if you were in the Rebels' uh, situation. You know, pitching is at such a premium in this league and in any fantasy league of, of this size, of course. I wouldn't. I mean, you've seen the past two seasons what it's done for Earn. You've seen um, with still having the best record in the league this year, I've hit almost completely nothing the past few weeks, and it's been my pitching that, that keeps you around. If you have consistent um, dominant pitching, you at least have a shot. I, I wouldn't. You know, the flip side to that is interesting, though, because he's, he's got a lot of good name pitchers who should be producing, but when you look across, they really aren't right now. You know, A.J. Burnett, with the exception of maybe the last one or two outings for most of the season so far, has not been pitching like the A.J. Burnett you expect to. Um, Holiday is the same way. Um, you know, slowly stepping up on a, on a surprising basis every now and then, but you really can't count on him. Um, so, so you look at this roster and you realize if you're already slipping behind in your division, um, you're really kind of on the cusp at best for the wild card at this point. You feel you need to shake things up. You know, maybe you move for a, a young bat and a young arm and hope one of them pays off bigger than, than the uh, underachieving pitcher might otherwise. So, you know, I think that cuts both ways. Craig, are you surprised at the performance of the North Portland Nuts thus far, or are they performing with 48 wins about as you would have expected? i got to be honest, uh, I think Ryan has done amazing things as, as one of the, the members of this league to really have a team he had to rebuild when he took it over. Um, I wasn't as big on the Nuts, I think, as, as the two of you were in your, in your previous podcast. I think there's a lot of talent, um, but a lot of up and down, uh, very up and flow talent like Vernon Wells, uh, Pudge, uh, you know. Everett. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, these are, these are guys that are going, are going to go on tears that are going to make you really wish you never played this team, but they're also guys that are going to go away for equal amounts of time. And mm-hmm. So, no, I think, I think they're probably right about where they need to be. I think, um, you know, him shopping around Santana is probably a very, very smart move for him. He can get a lot for that pitcher, uh, especially in, in some of the areas he wants to plug with more consistent bats or maybe even a few more of those younger consistent arms. So I think they're in a really strong rebuilding point, but they're about where I think they should be. Yeah, you know, I, I know that, that, that Ryan's mentality in acquiring Santana last offseason was to compete uh, not only for the, the division but for the, the title this year. I, I know those were his expectations. Um, you know, sitting at 23 games out of, of the uh, South Division lead at this point in the season, I, I think that, that trading Santana for the right package would be the, in his best interest right now. Um, you know, he, he does need to continue to build toward uh, 2009, and, you know, with the right package, uh, Craig, as you said, that Santana certainly, almost certainly would land, uh, that would, I would think, put him in a much better position for next year than he was even to start this year. Johnny? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to give a, a big no comment on that. Um, we, we don't currently talk about players on uh, <laughs> other people's rosters who we're currently interested in. Understood. Uh, moving on to the East Division, um, dread this part of the segment. Uh, no, no uh, surprise why. Uh, my um, uh, uh, pathetic generals are sitting over 30 games out of the lead in the East, um, which is very disappointing. Um, you know, for a team uh, that always has title expectations, at least in my mind. But uh, Craig, you um, 
you have you have certainly built a winner this year, and I've got to give you props for that. Sitting with uh, on top of the division with 80 wins, um, steamrolling toward uh, uh, a sure playoff berth. Um, you, you have to be ecstatic about that. I am. Thanks. It's a uh, steamrolling. You know, we're slowing down to perhaps the actual speed of a steamroller, which is I'm not as, as thrilled about right now. But we'll pick it back up. Um, really excited about the way we're playing. Being able to make some some moves um, that I think it were kind of raised a couple eyebrows along the way. Moving Maurer for Ugla, um, moving some pitching uh, early on in the season to be able to get a few younger pitchers along with a couple big bats like Mags and um, Jason Bay. Those kind of things who are having just you know. Coming back, coming back seasons. It's been really great to watch. Um, we're really excited. Get a few more guys off the DL, and uh, I think we can make a real strong push in the second half. Well, Craig, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I, I, uh, I would definitely say that ugly deal was uh, a key turning point for you. That was. Um, it's been amazing since, and uh, I have to personally say that I was wrong about uh, Giovanni Soto. Um, he's been proving me wrong since day one and uh, continues to do so. They hit one yesterday, I think, maybe, or the day before. Um, yeah, yesterday was a home run, yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, as a team that I personally, you know, picked to finish third because we, we looked at, at you and we looked at Rich, we looked at the, uh, uh, help me with the name of Rich's team. <laughs> the Berserkers. Yeah, the Berserkers. We looked at the two teams and, and you weren't making any moves and, um, I know it looks like this season everything's panned out for you, um, and I commend you for that. You you really stuck with this team, built it up with a few trades, and um, I, I'm very curious to see how uh, how you finish up this year. It should be very interesting. Uh, you know, I, I tend to make, really in my mind, a lot of similar moves that Craig has made this year. Last year, when I was uh, trying to make a title push, uh, you know, you know, trading for some, for some pitching depth and, and for some uh, some more sluggers, uh, Hideki Matsui for one, etc. Uh, you know, you have to make those moves when you're in contention this close, and when you can, uh, you know, I, I can certainly remember the feeling. Um, you know, I, I know right now Craig is 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 tasting tasting possible victory uh, in the league, and you know, there is a certain amount of prestige that comes with winning a league of this size and of this um, competitiveness. And uh, you have to do what you have to do. Prospects, you know, they're valuable, and it's it's always good to protect your future. But, uh, you know, fantasy league titles in great leagues are hard to come by. I mean, you can go on a run sometimes uh, of, you know, two or three, look at the Falcons, they've done a great job. But by and large, you know, it's hard to win a fantasy title. It really is. And uh, I think that, uh, Craig, you are making the right moves or have made the right moves. I was... A little bit critical uh, in my own mind of the Dan Ugla trade to begin with, but he really has paid off. I wasn't really a fan of Ugla, but um, you know he, he's really made a, a strong addition to that to that squad, and you know it, it's it's showing in the standings. It definitely is. Craig, what can you tell me about the Rockets transformation? What do you think uh, about uh, Michael's job in, in in reshaping that squad? Well, I think. Uh you know, obviously this is a team that you all uh, originally picked to be kind of second, uh, but a close second and a challenging second in, in the East. Um, obviously ownership changes, and, and uh, Michael came in and really made this team his own, gave it his own taste. Um, 
I think it's going to, you know, he's, he's, he's back to a point where he's got some rebuilding to do. Um, he's got some very good uh, options in a few positions, but I think uh, a little more work needs to be done, especially around the, uh, the infield. Um, you know, the, 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 I don't think, I, don't, I wouldn't trust the shortstop third base kind of um, group he's got over the long run, especially when it comes down to power uh, competitions. Um, and his pitching is, is going to be interesting to see. It's going to be see, it's interesting to see if someone like Detweiler really does uh, come on fire after being such a high draft pick in the uh, MLB draft, and it's going to be really interesting to see how uh, Gonzalez comes up for Oakland, and, and that could really kind of change his fate in the next couple of years. But we'll we'll have to wait and see on that one. Yeah, it really has become the East has really become uh, uh, a, a two-team league. I'm uh, sorry, a two-team division. Um, probably for '09, frankly, Craig. You know, I, I see our two teams really um, set to duke it out probably next year again. Um, you know the Rockets have; they definitely have some some uh, you know positive aspects to to that squad, but as you say, there there's work uh, to be done there to to uh, bring them to the to the level of competitiveness as as the top of the division, which is a big change because you know the East for two years was known as you know really strong top to bottom, with the exception of you know normally the uh, the uh, cellar dwelling um, either uh, uh, rat stockings there or the heartbreakers, but. Um, well, I, you know, if I could jump in, I wouldn't discount the Heartbreakers in that 09 run. I look at their lineup. I think they're, they're of young bats. I mean, they're going to have the, the Ongorias and, and, and such that are really going to keep them at least in the games on the power side. They make a couple moves on pitching, um, really get some of those young guys that are going to pay off, and I think they're going to probably um, make the Rockets really work not to be the, the bottom team in the 09, uh, 09 year. Yeah, very possible. Okay, moving on to the, uh, to the West Division. Uh, not... I don't know if you'd necessarily say a surprise. You know, it's uh, the, the, the damage. You know, won the division last year. Uh, great all-around squad. But I, I really did not see Johnny a 16 and a half game lead uh, going into the first of July. That that has got to be alarming for the Crawford Cramps. Yeah, well, I'll tell you. I think the biggest thing for the damage is is just how active he stays. I mean, he's on top of every closer that comes up. He's uh, he's got. Um, a very keen eye for minor leaguers, and uh, they've they've helped him this year. Um, and he, he made that big, a big I guess, a little bit into the season, a big acquisition of uh, you know Hoffman, Saito, uh, Harang, and um, I'm forgetting someone, but and he was I mean, yeah, and uh, you know, looking at his lineup top to bottom, it it's just it's just solid. So. Um, there you go, another acquisition, Brandon Phillips. I mean, it really filled a need for him, and uh, there's very few holes at this point. That's, I think, why he's uh, stayed at the top. Uh, Craig, what is your uh, what is your what is your feeling uh, uh, for the Wrigleyville Woo at the moment? Uh, are you do you feel like uh, John would be disappointed uh, to be where he is in the season right now, 47 wins? Um, you know, definitely wasn't picked to win in the division by any means, but uh, you almost have to have to believe that he had uh, a bit more higher expectations than uh, the way the team is performing so far. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I look at this division, you always, I, and I, I think the cramps are very, still obviously very much in this. couple bad weeks for the damage, couple great weeks for the cramps, and everything changes. But unfortunately, I don't think the same can be said for the Wu. Um, 
they've had their last uh, woo this year, I think, to to really look at the team. But I think they're, you know, knowing John the way I do, I think he's got to be just a little frustrated and shocked and throwing his hands in the air and says, you know, if I can't put Granderson and Koske and and some and, and Chone out there and actually compete with more than two RBIs on Thursday, then what am I doing? So. Um, you know, Bedard hasn't hasn't worked out the way that was expected. Um, right. Some of his a couple of Pittsburgh guys in there that really aren't working for him. Um, I think he's really got to take a hard look at this team and and uh, make some big moves. Either you know, get some minor leaguers right here in the deadline. Maybe make some big trades for for some future power. But otherwise, I think he's uh, he's setting himself up to perhaps be just as frustrated next year. Yeah, I, I got to say, um, when I look, um, I mean, John's great and uh, he's the funniest guy in the BDL. But this is the one team I personally have no interest in is minor leaguers. I, I, I go through every team daily, and I look at them, and I say, you know, what moves can I make? Where where can I get better? And I, I look, and um, I would agree that uh, he probably needs to get some uh, superior talent down there to help him out. Definitely. Uh, looking ahead to the, the, uh, the postseason, uh, right now, if I'm – if I'm eyeballing the numbers correctly, I believe the Billy Goats are are sitting uh, fourth place uh, as far as the wild card goes. Uh, Johnny, do you believe that the Goats are for real this year and competing for a wild card spot? Wow, that's tough. I um, personally, I, I can't see it. Um, I don't mean to be harsh. Uh, he's done a great job, actually. Um, half of these guys. I never would have thought uh, would come around. Um, key guys like Looper and uh, Dempster. Um, it, it's just uh, very surprising to me. And um, I don't know. It, it, some of these teams like um, remind me of the Falcons and and can work that magic and win games and and um, you still don't quite figure it out. But uh, what do you, what do you think, Craig? Uh, you know, obviously people know Scott and John, the the uh, goats and the woo are two of my best friends. But I have to say, I think they're both going to have a lot more golfing time come uh, come September in this league than, than anybody else. But you just, I mean, even if I agree with Johnny, I think I think he's made some moves that everybody questioned when he made them. Um, some that have really worked out well on his pitching side, Lester and others. Some that haven't. Um, but just look at what he's got to overcome. He's got to overcome the cramps. He's got to overcome the rebels. He's got to overcome, you know, uh, the gnats. And you know, theoretically, um, I don't think it's going to happen. But you know, Scotty, I think you could even push and, and make a challenge, given that you have, you know, only a few games behind where he's at to make that same kind of run. So I just, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, that, that was kind of leading leading into my next question uh, or, ne- or next comment. Uh, right now, the the wild card standings um, are as follows: Nats, uh, Rebels cramps and goats and there are a few teams simmering just below that line that could really make a push you know the general certainly uh, would be one um, that is one squad that uh, you know when they're when they are firing uh, on all cylinders it's you know it's it's duck and get out of the way but it just hasn't not been the case up to this point this year but yeah you're right Craig that that team could definitely make a, a strong wild card push um, it it will be difficult to overcome um, you know the rebels or the Nats, you know, uh, in that push for any team, and uh, you know that that's that's definitely going to be a challenge. Uh, Johnny, do you see any other teams outside of the Generals uh, who are kind of on the outside looking in of that uh, on the bubble for for the wild card? Do you see any other teams making a realistic push? Well, I would say at this point in the season, uh, we're pretty well in, and 
with that many games back and with, with those two good teams that you're chasing, uh, it's more than just teams that can kind of get wins. I think you're going to need to have a, a bubble team really have a dominant second half, you know, dominant weeks, win nine, nine games. Um, and I think the only two, really, if you look at their roster, the only two capable of that are the Generals and the Cramps. Um, so, I mean, it could happen, sure, but I, those are the only two I really see. Okay. Uh, we're going to go down each division now, and I want to ask both, both of you the same thing. Um, Johnny Craig, give me a North Division winner this year. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to go with the uh, Killer Car Company. I'm shocked. Craig? Yeah, no, I, I think absolutely he's doing some great things with that team. He's got that one. Okay. South Division, uh, what do you see there, Johnny? Wow. Um, still very close, but you know, it's, it's given how... It's, I'm sorry, it's the closest division race right now in, in the whole league. In fact, uh, second-place teams in every other division are no closer than 16 and a half games out. Yeah, that just blows my mind because Johnny, you and I had the uh, conversation, I believe, in the last podcast about how how much more competitive uh, through maybe the top ten teams or eleven teams that the league had become this year. Yeah, and just looking at it now, I don't know if that's the case. I mean, you have you have top heavy teams, and you know most of your second place division teams are just being slaughtered. You know, it's it's um, it's definitely definitely a shock, but. But uh, back to the South Division, what do you see there? Well, uh, first of all, um, yeah, I'm going to have to eat some crow because uh, I thought the Rebels were right up there with the top one or two teams in this league. And As did I. Just the way, yeah, the way I've, I've heard Ern talk recently, um, I just think he's going to make a move somehow. I think he's going to – he's very active, um, and he wants to win again. So uh, I'm going to predict the Falcons after predicting the Rebels win the whole thing, I guess uh, – at the beginning of the season. Uh, Craig? You know what? I'm going to go with the Falcons, and mine largely based on last week. You saw the Falcons really put down the uh, the Rebels pretty handily, and when it comes right down to it, they've got one more matchup. The best uh, the best that uh, Mark's been able to do is a 5-4-1 against Helsinki, and given that they have a lot of the same teams to hit from here out, that head-to-head where you can get those five-game spins, those uh, swings by by getting a win, that's I think that's going to make the difference. I think Helsinki's going to take it. East Division, Johnny. East Division. Well, <laughs> with a lead of uh, Be kind. 30, 30 or, or 600 games at this point, um, I'm going to have to go with the, the Bulldogs. Uh, I think that's as well as you're going to play from uh, here on out, um, Scotty. I think it's a, it's a given that it's Craig's division. Uh, we can crown him champion now. I, I don't think there's any question about that as much as I... Much as I hate to admit that on, in, in public, uh, much less on the air, uh, yeah, this is, this is Craig's year for, for the East, and uh, I suspect there's no reason to even uh, toss this question to, uh, to Hunter's way, but we'll do that just for uh, just I'll take a pass for heart. good measure. I, I don't I don't count kind of anything until it's done, so uh, we're still playing and still keeping an eye on those on those teams below. Right, Johnny, West Division. West Division. Um, I guess given how inconsistent the cramps have been and uh, how uh, the damage have solidified things, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the damage. I should have gone with them at the beginning of the season. I went against my gut after talking to you. So I, uh, I'm going to damage. Craig? 
Absolutely, and with upcoming games against the Woo and Goats, um, that the Cramps have already had one or two of those uh, little easier matchups, I think he's going to even add to that, probably be over 20 games by the time they get out of this division series. Yeah, just uh, just uh, on my own opinion, I, I think the, the current division leaders, I, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think that those are changing. You know, um, just as just as you know, John, uh, Johnny and Craig have, have said, you know, um, I, I think you're seeing right now uh, uh, what the division divisions are going to look like. You know, the Bulldogs, Killer Cars, Falcons, and Damage. Uh, I think it's just nearly locked up at this point. Johnny, wild card teams, one and two. Let's hear. Wild card teams. Well, I gotta give I gotta give the Nets um, a guaranteed wild card spot. Uh, it's really going to depend on how hard Mark pushes from here on out uh, to determine whether he sticks he sticks there uh, or or someone catches him like the Cramps or um, even yourself or someone else. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be up to Mark who who that final wild card is. Craig. I, I couldn't agree more. The Nats are the lock for the postseason when it comes to the wild card look. Um, I, I think either with greater consistency or a few moves to to bring in some of that consistency, you could see the Cramps really make a push. But um, at this point, you know, Mark's in the driver's seat for that second wild card spot, and it's his to lose. Yeah, definitely, I would agree with the two of you. I, I, I don't mean to be a uh, a bore here, um, but uh, you know, the Nats are a lock for a wild card. I don't think there's any question about that. Already, 67 wins. Uh, having another great season, um, as you said, Craig, it is the Rebels' um, slot to lose for the second wild card. Although you know the Cramps are there, they're always lingering. They're they're not that far out at all uh, of that of that second wild card spot. But uh, uh, at this point in the season, I, I do think I'm going to stick also with the the Nats and the and the Rebels for those two spots. Okay, let's uh, just uh, shut the shut the season down now. Everyone's was there? It's you know I I wish you know I wish I could say something a little more you know it's just it's just you know it, the proof is right there. I mean you, you have teams that have been so dominant so far, and even the wild cars are looking so far not so far out of reach, but they're you know it's 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 going to be a struggle for for there, teams to yeah, I think, you know climb into that you know pantheon and it's just, I just do not see it happening. You know I wish. Just for discussion's sake, even I could, you know, throw a couple more teams into the mix and uh, and toss out a, a different prediction, but I just don't see it. I just really don't. I, I think there is a small precedent in this league for that, though. I think two years ago, um, the Nets came within maybe a game, half a game, with catching me for the wild card, um, and they they barely missed it after being, I think, something like 17 games behind me. Um, so it could be done. It just doesn't look so good for these uh, teams in the bubble at this point. Yeah, well, and you know, take note. We 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 noted the Wallabies as a uh, as a as a, a, a team that's going to make some uh, waves, even though they may not be going the whole way. And they've still got games against Crawford and Damage. They've still got games, two games against uh, your team, Johnny, and uh, playing this week and then uh, second to last week against Newmarket. So if you uh, you know, you look at some of these spoiler teams, and they're going to play the teams that are actually going to be up there fighting for it. So who knows? It's all there. Are, there's a little bit of playroom to have you had there. Very true. Okay, guys. Right now, we're going to we're going to segue into a into an exclusive segment for TMO today. Um, uh, the, the dog pound. We're going to talk with Craig Hunter uh, specifically about uh, about his team, his time in the BDL, and uh, see what he has to say. Craig. Uh, 
as we mentioned at the top of the show here, it's it's, it's great to have you on. Uh, you've been a, uh, a true asset to the league since you've been here, which has been, uh, you know, practically the whole time. Um, and and uh, you know I, I I congratulate you firsthand on on the season you've had so far. It's it's been uh, it's been a real story. And uh, I know you have been chomping at the bit to um, uh, to take a bite out of out of the uh, general's prestige um, up to now, and, and you certainly have done that. And uh, well, thanks. It's Good to be at, here, and uh, look forward to being abused uh, for, for the record. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, look, looking at your season so far, though, Craig, you're, you're sitting at at, at eighty thirty six and, and four, I believe, um, which is good for second best in the league. Uh, give it to me straight without any spin. Uh, did you did you expect did you expect to be in this position to to practically lock up your first ever BDL postseason berth as early as July? No, I don't think anybody expected any of these divisions to be wrapped up by now. So I don't I don't think I think it'd be quite presumptive to say that I thought I'd be the one doing that. Um, I, I looked at this team. I built it. Uh, Johnny mentioned earlier that there was some concern that the the Bulldogs were either silent in the early trading. Um, I think Scotty, you and I talk. I know I talk to others about it. And, you know, my trade philosophy isn't necessarily one of of speed being the best approach. Um, so we kind of sat back, watched some things unfold, where people landed, uh, where people would have some needs, uh, and then it put put some things together that I thought would put us, you know, fighting for that top spot in the East. I thought you and I would be still duking it out, and you know, mm-hmm. four games here, five games here. Uh, but uh, right. hey, I'll, I'll take where we've gotten. Definitely, I. I, I, I battled with myself in, in coming up with what to ask you today, uh, whether or not to even mention the Cubs. Um, uh, one particular question came to mind. I, I just I could not avoid though, um, and that is, you know, the, the practice of building a fantasy team around a single major league team. And I, I don't I don't want to to suggest that you have completely built your team around the Cubs because when you look at your roster, that's just it's not the case. Okay, it's the, it's the Cubs and the Marlins. Yeah, I mean, you you, de- you definitely have that Chicago influence. Let's just let's just put it that way. Um, you know that that sort of practice is, frankly, it's a well-established no-no in the realm of fantasy baseball. You know, you found success with that formula this season, as we've discussed. But we all know how fickle the sport of baseball is to begin with, and how easily even the most talented major league teams can fall apart. Can you kind of wax poetic for us on why you're willing to take that kind of risk? In, in, in such a competitive fantasy league? Uh, well, that's actually kind of funny. I mean, a lot of these, uh, well, not a lot. Some of them were, were grabbed because not only were they top players in the position, but they were personal favorites. So I'm not going to lie that, you know, I know the, the uh, Miguel Cabrera for Derek Lee trade two years ago was <laughs> scoffed at by many, and based on performance today, I think I'm still pretty happy with it. Um, but that was, you know, that was a D. Lee move, no doubt about it. But, um you know, I, and I get this a lot, and I'm I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, you're, you're, you take the best position players and the players you need to make that combination. And um, this this year and last year and a few years, I think foreseeable, the Cubs have really done something amazing with that lineup in that the second through sixth hitters are all power hitters backing each other up. So you know, when I evaluate players, I look for that, and I didn't see it actually. If you take someone like the Astros, um, you have a couple really good hitters in the Berkman and Lee, but then I don't see the protection there to to really keep them moving around the diamond the way I see Lee and Ramirez and and Soriano and others pairing up to be that kind of combination. So, um, you know, you jump on what you can, and it works out that you happen to enjoy watching the Cubs win when the Bulldogs win. So be it. Um, but you know, in my my roster today, I have three Cubs active out of the entire roster. 
you know, and that's, sure. that's how it's it's gone most of the season. Uh, you know, Mark DeRose has been playing an amazing second base. I keep trying to move him out of the lineup, but he just he won't go. <laughs> He's just too good to move. So what are you going to do? Sure. Sure. And, you know, I, I completely understand, you know, the, the, the philosophy there. Uh, you know, it's it's – I, I try not to do it, you know. I, I'm I'm a I'm a you know self-professed big fan of, of the New York Mets and the Cincinnati Reds, and and my tendencies in, in picking up and drafting players definitely you know can lean that way sometimes, and um, you know it, it has shown, but um, you know you, it's it has worked for you this year, uh, that, that's that's for sure. Just to throw it out there, um, this is by my account. Maybe you can correct me. I believe about 35% of your squad is made up of Cubs from from your major league team down to your minor league team. That's a total of 16, uh, Soto, Lee, DeRosa, Gallagher, Marmol, Wood, so- uh, Soriano, and Zimbrano uh, on your major league squad, and I believe eight minor leaguers. Wow. That was my uh, seven, uh Eight minor leaguers, seven minor leaguers. One, two, Is it seven? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I may have miscounted. Five. Okay. 34, yeah, Well, and then there's, there's fluid down there, so you never know. Yeah, about seven of them. Yeah, I mean, not, there's nothing about that. I mean, I, uh, there's no reason to deny that. I, uh... I look at the team, and I know a lot about you know players that I'm looking at, uh, as we all do. Um, Johnny's made several comments about really spending some serious time digging through the minors, learning these guys. Um, and these are the guys that I know. I mean, I, I know a lot of them, but I also know uh, the Cubs better than anybody right. else, um, than, than I know the Red Sox or anybody else. Um, and the, the example I'll give here is uh, one that I think Johnny would, would admit is, is true, to, true to form and, and was close to our deals for the last two years, is that every time he tried to offer me Rich Hill, I, I took a pass. Um, and then I got several emails saying, but he's a Cub. You, you have to have him. <laughs> no, nope, thanks. Not really that interested. Uh, don't think he's got the longevity. Don't don't really trust him. Uh, still have a couple hot dogs coming over a bet uh, against uh, Z to Hill and Hill head-to-head on wins. So, so <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, I, I, it's, it's not just about the Cubs. It's about knowing which players are going to perform. It's about knowing that team and how they're going to work together. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable making those decisions on those bases. And you know you can't be critical, you know, uh, of you for that this year. You know, you, your, your formula has has amounted to 80 wins, and 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 you know whether you know, whether the Cubs win uh, 60 games next year, which that won't happen, but you know you're still, you know, it has worked for you right now, and you know that's uh, that's a testament to your strategy. Uh, okay, to to uh, to take a a, a a play out of Buck Bradley's playbook here, let's, let's play a little devil's advocate. Uh, Let's say the Bulldogs are over the new BDL salary cap. And before before Earn has a little hissy fit, no, we do not have a new salary cap. Wink, wink. <laughs> the Bulldogs are over the new BDL salary cap and must trade either Carlos Sembrano or Hanley Ramirez by next month's deadline. I'm not interested in who you get in return, but who do you trade, who do you keep, and why? Wow. <laughs> I want to hear this one. Yeah, you and me both. Um, <laughs> i, I, I got to be honest. Congratulations. A question I never would have even come to my mind. Um, <laughs> you know, that's tough. Um, I don't know if I can even give a full answer. I'll, I'll give you kind of a roundabout answer. On uh, It really would matter about what I could get returned. It would probably end up being... I don't know. I, I, I can't see trading either of them, and so it's so hard for me to say. Probably Hanley. Um, 
I love the kid, um, and it's and you know I think everyone's gonna say, oh, of course he keeps the Cub, but the reality is I can't trade a top ten pitcher with a push towards the championship, um, uh, regardless of a number one shortstop. Assuming what I'd get in return would be at least a bat of equal uh, equal value or a or a big big arm, I, I just can't trade a top ten pitcher going into the into the big games. Fair enough, Johnny. What do you have for our friend Craig today? Uh, I've got a few questions here for Craig. Um, Basically, uh, my first one is uh, basically to tell our listeners uh, how vital you think um, our little venture into the minor leagues has been, um, you know, in planning for uh, your team this year, and secondly, for your run towards the postseason. Well, I think um, I'm, and I'm sure you've looked and noted. Uh, my, my minor leaguers, uh, I try to keep a little closer to the uh, to the major league level whenever possible. So. Um, Samarja just actually got called up to AAA. I've been been sitting on Volstad waiting for for his appearance. Um, Bowden now being the top AAA at that or top prospect in the in the uh, Boston system, not AAA, AA. Excuse me. Um, you know, Neil Walker about to come up. I, I think they're not right now. Most of my minors are really along that uh, insurance. Let's see what they do when they come up. I don't think my minors are going to be where the difference is made uh, come this this push to and the postseason. Um, I have a couple pitchers that come in and out, the the Geese and the and the and the such. But um, now, on the whole, I think that the, this this postseason is going to be made by the 28 you see uh, up top of my roster, not the not the 15 on the bottom. That makes sense. You're pretty deep up there, so I wouldn't expect you'd need much at this point, except for uh, support uh, for an injury or, or what have you. Um, right. My next my next question. Um, I was looking too, trying to think of things to ask you, and and I went on our BDLbaseball.com website, and uh, I found out that the Bulldogs currently hold no BDL records. Now that really surprised me, especially this year, considering you know your offense and, and the great pitching weeks you've had. Um, do records hold an important place in defining the success, of Craig Hunter? No, just I mean the championship record, as you said at the beginning of this season, is the one that matters. The rest are really irrelevant to me. Um, it's it's funny we uh, you don't see the records but it just comes sometimes that's the fate the way it happens we uh, we we were the first team by about I think it was about two hours to smash the strikeout record this year and then uh, with 97 just so happened that two hours later Mark took it over with 101. That was uh, tough. Yeah, well, and it's not really. It's kind of. I'm never gonna. It's not really that tough because I'll take 97 strikeouts any week I can get them. So. Yeah. Uh, I look at these things. I build a team on balance. Um, I build a team looking not towards I'm going to dominate four categories. I look at a team saying I'm going to win eight categories. You know, that's a, so. Mm-hmm. If that means I'm not going to get the records, then so be it. I'll take the uh, win loss record for 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 the win. I think that's a great way to go about it. Personally, I think um, one of my Achilles heels is I try to uh, you know go around and be the best. And I I want records and I want uh, you know championships. I want everything at the same time. And I think. It's pulling me in many different directions, to be honest. So um, it's tough when you try to make moves or you try to look at your team. And, and then you got hometown biases and everything. So um, it, it's, I think you're on the right track, and you've certainly proven it this year. Uh, my third question, let's see, excluding Scotty and myself, uh, your co-host today, um, who in the BDL do you most respect? Is there anyone in this league you've learned from or taken ideals from to improve your team, and or how about outside of the BDL? 
Well, and I'll say, you know, exclusive of you two, obviously you two are, are keeping this league moving uh, where it's going uh, as much as anyone, and, and that needs to be noted. But, you know, beyond that, um, I think we learn from everything. You know, I, I don't know if uh, it'd be like on the personal, like, joshing level back and forth, but I watch what NorCal, I watch what, what Crawford, you know, what these guys are doing with their teams. Um, and it's always interesting to see that different perspective. I don't value closers clearly as, as much as as others in the league, uh, most most notably, you know, we're looking here at Bill and, and what he's doing. But at the same time, watching how he puts those together is really a learning experience. Um, you know, outside of that, I, I really kind of look towards, um, I really enjoy, like, for example, um, what, what the Amish has done. I mean, his, his, his addition to this league has been just amazing. Joe's been such a, an ad because... Um, he's actually been able to rebuild good attitude really in there every day and those are the kind of guys I, I look for as far as you know how to be a good kind of BDL citizen if you will and how to really make this thing work and how much how to enjoy it um, as far as the players um, I don't know I, I guess I'd have to say it's just kind of the culmination of a lot of baseball watching a lot of reading and, and just kind of my own two cents um, influences from from all over but I couldn't just pick one past that great great I've got one one last question um, can you explain to our listeners the value of OPS, otherwise known as OPS? <laughs> oh, well. I think, uh, Johnny, this I, is an hour-long show, man. Come on. <laughs> no, it's just a joke. Already, like, feeling the bleeding coming on in their ears. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with my written record on this and just take a pass for the benefit of the league on, on the explanation. Yeah, welcome to two men on. Yeah, thanks. Good to be here. <laughs> You like that, Scotty? Oh, yeah, that, that, was, that was good. Uh, to kind of to kind of uh, add to, to something Craig uh, mentioned a minute ago, uh, I just I just want to say that uh, uh, I, I would I just like to give a personal shout out to to kind of our second wave of, of well, I guess now our third wave really of, of uh, uh, BDL managers uh, that we have coming in that that are really helping so greatly to carry to you know to carry the BDL flag. Um, probably led, uh, as Craig said, by by Joe and, and the Amish. Um, uh, you know, we had really the same core of guys to kind of uh, be super, super active and and do all the talking and do all the extras. Uh, you know, for for a couple years, maybe two and a half years in this league, and, and we've really seen some new blood that has, you know, it's added a, a, another dimension, um, you know, to the league and and, and to our camaraderie here and um, um, you know specifically Joe he, he's there every day always talking uh, I, I want to kind of throw Bill into that same category but he you know he has been around uh, a bit longer he's probably really considered part of the second wave but uh, uh, I, I just I just think those guys are great you know I'm really really happy to have them around and 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 I just want I just want to state uh, you know, here publicly, how much I appreciate their participation because it, it, it adds so much to the league. I don't, I'm not even sure they realize how much it adds to the league. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I just want to say thank you. You've done a great job. Absolutely. And you know, one one finer point that moves. A little, I agree with all that. And I wanted one finer point that as I was thinking through your your last question, I just wanted to add: um, if more people could trade like the cramps, this would be a, a I, I think this would be go great as well. Um, I have to say, and, and don't trade like me. Um, Johnny, you may take offense and I'll accept you, but don't trade like Johnny. Um, hey, Brian, 
Brian is just a joy. So when I think about how to 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 take the greatness of of what is Joe and Bill or Joe and Bill and what they're bringing to this, uh, working with Brian through trades and the the honesty, the the knowledge, the understanding of players. Um, that's that I think that's also something that really take and emulate. Just wanted to throw that out there as I was thinking through this. Definitely, Brian certainly does make it easy um, on, on for negotiations. He, you know, he 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 stands hard for what he needs and what he wants and for the value that he expects, but. Uh, you know, he, he definitely does treat you fairly, and uh, uh, you're, you're 100% right about that, Craig. Okay, uh, Craig, any last uh, any last parting statement, shout-outs you'd like to give today? No, I'm glad to be on. I appreciate you guys having me and taking the time. Um, it's uh, It's been a great first half of the season. Looking forward to seeing what the... Uh, what the previous winners of divisions pick is for the uh, pitchers at the All-Star game and how that's going to, looking forward to that BDL All-Star weekend and uh, pushing through the second half of the season. So looking forward to it. We we certainly enjoyed having you on, and uh, I hope that we can uh, get together to do this uh, sometime again soon. Um, You know, it's great to just kind of hang out and, and, and have these discussions, even if it's, you know, for the purposes of mass consumption. But, uh, it, uh, it was really a pleasure to have you on. I, I'm sure Johnny feels the same. Absolutely. Uh, we're going we're gonna to cut off there, um, guys, this time. And uh, our next podcast, I uh, don't have a date for that yet, but we are sure to look at our postseason predictions and uh, who uh, can be expected to take the title home this year. And all I have to say is all of you guys some time on the outside looking in this year, all of you guys that uh, have to deal with uh, Ernest Bjorkel and the uh, – Helsinki Falcons, I wish you all the luck. (laughs) All the luck. Thanks a lot, guys, for listening. You have been listening to Two Men On. And we're out.